Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there indeed and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast keeping you lot in the know on what's happening in the world of Star Wars. Welcome to episode 55. Hope you've all had a good week and you're staying safe and healthy as always. My name's Gary, one of your hosts and flying along with me in the Falcon as always is my not so much hairy co-pilot because uh, he went through a bit of a, a facial sculpt recently but it is coming back slowly i can see it it's very sexy my co-pilot mr mark how you doing buddy it is coming back really slow like mega slow this is now a moment <laughs> this is nothing this is nothing and i just got out of the shower as well like before i text like for the listener i text guys i was like dude five minutes late and it was because i couldn't find a t-shirt and then i couldn't couldn't get a hairdryer to work so i'm like what's going on here this is just one of those days so uh so yeah, if, if anyone was seeing me, you'd be like, yeah, this guy's not as smooth as he sounds. But <laughs> I am, I assure you. Ah, but I'm a good dude. I'm all right. How's your week been? Yeah, week's been not too bad, buddy, actually. Been not too bad. It's um, uh, I've only done a couple of Star Wars-y bits, which is just the continuation of the Clone Wars watch through before I get on to season seven. And it is killing me not watching series seven yet. It really is because we had the... Uh, various uh, outlets who are posting reviews and YouTubers and you know doing all their reviews for for Series Seven as it went along, and then when the finale went out, people just went mad for it, and everyone's like, "This is the best thing ever," and all that stuff. So it is killing me, bud, not being able to dive into that. But I'm staying strong. The force is strong with me on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it through. Yeah, likewise, dude. That it, it, you're right. It's been so tough. Like. I've started to see some things crop up where it's like Dave Filoni planned the final scene of Clone Wars for years and you're like, what's the final scene? <laughs> and then I saw one that was about that final uh, Star Wars, fin- Clone Wars finale surprise cameo and I'm like, what is the cameo? What is it? And it, like he's taking every ounce of willpower to not watch it. But then, <clears throat> so Sam said to me the other day, we've been talking about Mando. So Sam really, really loves Mandalorian. And uh, we were talking about season two, and she said, she, she watched A Clone Wars with me the other day, and she went, do you know, I think I'd really like to get into watching all the Clone Wars, so that I know what's the, what the deal is with Ahsoka and all those people for uh, the Mandalorian. And I was like, two things, I was like, this is, um, this is like possibly the best girlfriend news ever. <laughs> and then number two, like, you genius marketing people at Disney, you, you geniuses. <laughs> Like you've now got my girlfriend who has never watched Star Wars animated stuff, wanting to watch seven seasons of the Clone Wars just because Ahsoka's been cast in Mando season two. So I'm like, this is, yes, the plan is coming together. <laughs> the only thing with that, though, is that she might draft you in. So you've got to watch them all again. I couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, this is like a, this is like a delayed watch through with the, with the missus. Well, it's, do you know what? Like, I've been so bad with it because I've been watching the US office as well, in a way. And it's just been, we're, we're so at the, the end of it, but it's been such a slog. It's amazing. And so I'm I'm still only like season one of the Clone Wars. So I'm just thinking, wait a minute, I can get her in on this, middle of season one, explain what's happened, um, which would consist of possibly Yoda had a fight, uh, Dooku's been a bit of a bugger, Obi-Wan's been smooth, and Anakin's got a new, 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 uh, Padawan. Right, that's summation of season one, really. That's the footnotes in it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I read you. It's very cool, though, that, uh, that the missus want, wants to watch it. That's You're right, that's cracking girlfriend news. That's great. Mm, it really is. It really yeah. is. And she made soup this week as well, so. Oh, yeah, I'm, I've been winning this week. It's been good. Winning at life. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, Nothing else Star Wars has been going on, though, dude. No, I've not done anything else. The only thing I've done is I've popped into Jedi Fallen Order very quickly after the update dropped just to mm. see what all that was about. And I had a couple of rounds on a, on the new meditation challenge stuff, but I've not dived too much into that stuff. We'll cover that in the news anyways. But, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, and that's all we got this week, by the way, fans. We've got uh, a bunch of news to get through, and then, uh, and then that's it. And, uh, yeah, so before we crack on with the rest of the show, though, Make sure that you are subscribed so that you uh, you don't miss a show when it lands uh, every single Saturday. So you can do that by heading over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. There are links to all of the various podcast net, net, uh, networks and apps, apps and networks. Or just search for us in whatever podcast app you get your podcasts on. And uh, we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We chat Star Wars throughout the week and post uh, and waffle about it over there. So we'd love to uh, chat Star Wars with you over there. And if you want to throw some support our way, um, we'd love to have you on Patreon. We've got a bunch of really cool patrons already. Uh, so thank you to Pascal, Sean, Tom, Chris, Regina, and Sean. Uh, our newbie, uh, Mahomi Derek. Mahomi Derek. Mahomi. Mahomi. And I love that name. It's cool, yeah. Yeah, thank you very much, Derek. And another newbie that jumped on the last few days, which is uh, uh, Kev, my mate Kev, um, who is, um, I've known for a few years, is a really solid guy. He's uh, a long-time listener of my other podcast so, uh, at the Big Blue Box. He's, uh, yeah, a really cool guy. So thank you for um, uh, for jumping aboard. And uh, we'll get some swag out to you guys once Mark can get into the office and, uh, and package it up. So yeah, that'll be on its way to you at some point. I'll be doing like a Peter Griffin style sneak into the office. Yeah. <laughs> and i'll get those two stickers one for derek one for kev <laughs> and uh yes so anyone else that wants to support us on the show just do that patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion everything that uh you guys support us over there goes back into the show so we keep it running sounding brilliant and all that stuff so uh thank you so much to our current patrons and uh yes on with the show so first up uh, we have some Mandalorian news, and uh, this was a bit of a. I'm undecided whether this was a completely expected or whether this is out of the blue. I'm not sure because uh, we have spoken about this very briefly before. But uh, uh, Boba Fett is on his way uh, into season two, and I think the bit that surprised me about this is because I th- I was sure that they'd already finished up and done everything on season two, so this was a bit of a. Uh, oh, cool! So he's he's in it. So we don't know what the uh, what the scope of his role is going to be, but apparently, according to some sources, it's not going to be that big. It's going to be a, a maybe a bit of a cameo, if anything. So, but at least the Fett is is making his way over to the show, dude. So this is kind of cool, and it's played by the same dude uh, from the previous um, uh, outings as well. So Tamira Morrison. So that's cool. Yeah, man. We talked about this last week. Tamira Morrison being cast in Mandalorian, just not as Boba Fett. So. When I saw this last night, I threw it up on the Trello uh, that we plan our, our, our episodes on because there were a few things that got me thinking about this. Like, number one, like you said, I was fairly convinced that production had wrapped because Favreau said production has wrapped and Mando season two won't be delayed because of COVID because we've wrapped production and now it's just editing and tinkering and, uh, you know, VFX. So that surprised me. The second thing was, well, if if they've got him in this season two, like, why not announce this on Star Wars Day? Because that's big-ass news. Like, the guy that played Django freaking Fett and played every single clone, theoretically, why not announce it the day that the Clone Wars ends? Yep. And then the third thing that got me thinking was... Imagine you create a character and he suddenly becomes this really weird breakout hit. And then 30 years later, you think, yeah, all right, we'll bring him back. Why would you just make him a cameo in season two unless you were going to line him up for a big bad in season three and make season three all about how he escaped and what he's been doing for five years? And like, why would you? Why would you do this? So I've got a couple of thoughts on this one. I reckon that we might have been fairly close to the mark last week. I reckon Tamura Morrison may have been cast, but I'm not sure it's Boba Fett or just 
for Boba Fett. I mm. think where Ahsoka goes, Captain Rex goes. And I would be shocked if Rex doesn't make an appearance. And I would be shocked if Tamira Morrison hasn't been cast as Captain Rex. Because everything's been Clone Wars this last couple of weeks. Everything has been Clone Wars. You put Tamira Morrison in Mando Season 2, those that know are going to be thinking, wait a second, what's going on here? Yeah. Because Ahsoka's been cast as well. So I don't know, like the Boba Fett news, like it, there's so much to discuss about that one because there's the whole, should he be in there? Is he interested enough to be in there? He's not a real Mandalorian, which we know that the actual Mandalorian isn't, but he adopted their culture and blah, blah, blah. So there's actually quite a lot of fertile ground that could be covered. Um, but, but what's interesting is like, suddenly Boba Fett is the least fascinating thing about this entire story <laughs> and the entire season. Like, does anyone really care about Boba Fett? I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's quite interesting because I'm sure they could craft some amazing story with it. But have they made other things more interesting in the Clone Wars, in the Mandalorian? Like, it, it just seems there are more stories to tell that could be more interesting. So, yeah, I was thinking about this a lot last night, which is weird. Yeah, I was as well. That is weird. Probably got better things wow. to think about, but... Both in our 30s. Yeah. I'm not 45, Gareth. <laughs> Actually, I'd, oh, dude, I'm t that's the big 4-0 for me in a couple of months. Is it? Do you know? Right, something weird's going on today, mate, because I kid you not, this morning, in bed, not in a weird way, I was thinking, I wonder how old Gaz is, because I knew that today we'd make up both in our 30s joke, <laughs> because we did it last week. So no crap, yeah, dude, yeah. So you're like, a, you're pretty much one year older than me, and look, you look better for it, though. Well, I was going to say that, but then I didn't want to be rude. Wow. But then it, it, there's a reason for that. You've just, you know, you've had your hair done, you've had your face off. All that stuff. And he's, look, I'll tell you what, dude, this is like post-shower goodness I'm seeing right now. Yeah, this is this is the sexy stuff. This is the free stuff. Normally, this is billable, actually. <laughs> so, yes, the um, the news that <laughs> Boba Fett is going to be in The Mandalorian, uh, we shall see what happens with that. I'm with you. I think this is going to be more about uh, Samira Morrison playing more of a Rex character, but then just popping the suit on just to do like a small... Uh, cameo bit sounds like you think it'll be season three do you think like there'll be like they all often do with things it'll be like oh look there's a little tease and then season that you know that that just gets the audience hooked for season three do you think that's maybe the play with this one yeah probably in a in a in the same way they did with season one where we had uh the the guy that turned up in the last well the the last two episodes essentially uh mm. what's the it was named moff um with a dark saber gideon uh gideon sorry yeah when he popped up just at the very end, really, at the, at the end of that one. So that sort of primes it for him being potentially the main baddie for season two. So maybe they'll do that towards the end of that. They'll they'll tweak it a little bit, bring him in just subtly, and then subtly, uh, subtly, and then in season three, he's a bit more of a, a key player. But it's interesting that you said that uh, although the show is called The Mandalorian, neither the main character or Boba Fett are true Mandalorian. So that's a bit of a <laughs> wannabe, like Mandalorian wannabes, it should be called. Well, well it, you know, it's cute. we could probably like spend a lot of time on this one, but just like for the sake of a couple more minutes, like what, <laughs> if you think it, think it over, like what, what, what is interesting in the Boba Fett story? Like who, what am I trying to say with this? In order to make a Boba Fett story interesting, you would imagine that he would, because he's a bounty hunter and he's been screwed by the Jedi left, right and centre, you know, he probably hates Mace Windu, hates Obi-Wan. Um, you know, he was screwed by Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. So, in order to make this character story interesting, outside of, look at me, I'm still alive, I got out of the Sarlacc pit and spending one tops, <laughs> one flashback episode on, yep, look, this is me climbing and going mad because I'm so angry. Or jet what pack. is in it for him? Yeah, with a jetpack. What like what's in it for him? What is un unless he's going to interact with OT characters that screwed him over or prequel uh, prequel trilogy characters that screwed him over? What's interesting about it? I don't know. Maybe I mean I'm sh these guys are writers far better than I am. They can come up with something that's brilliant and compelling. I'm sure. But surely the payoff has to come from him interacting with OTE characters. You would think so, yeah. Because he's got no other skin in the game otherwise. Or maybe he's been hired by Gideon 
like Mando against Mando. Oh, Mano a Mano. Maybe. Uh, that's then, interesting. Well, then, yeah, if he's only going to have a very small part, that doesn't really hold water either. But I don't know. It's fascinating. It's it's really cool to see how that's going to pan out. And also, we've got some other characters. They have to be careful, don't they? Because um, they've got some other characters landing in season two. So you don't want to detract from the potential mm. of those new characters. We've got Michael Michael Bean, BN Ben, uh, who's going to come uh, come into it as a new character and a couple of other people. So, yes, have to be careful that they don't detract from the potential coolness just because it's Boba Fett. Do you think we'll hear the name Solo and Skywalker in season two? Not see them, but mm. hear them. Um, maybe. I reckon that's more of a season three thing. Feels to yeah. Me. Yeah. I feel like we need just another season of, of spending some time with these characters really just to cement them as in, we don't need the name dropping yet. Yeah, because it's a risk, isn't it, that? Yeah. It's definitely like Mando season one was so good because it was so fresh yet so familiar, but Mando season two could very easily just become, okay, Skywalker trilogy's done, let's replace it with this. There is, I suppose there is a risk of that because it would be, if you're the writers, it becomes so easy to just go, well, Luke's still out there with his black suit and his saber and Leia's still training and, you know, the New Republic's only five years in. There's a lot of very fertile ground there that's only been explored in the books and it's like... Like you said, you need you need at least one more season with Mando proper before you even start to shoe on those in because it would be easy to just go, We can do everything. Exactly. Yeah. They've got to be careful. But like you yeah, said, interesting, you know, dude. You know, they they're more intelligent, far more intelligent than we are, and better writers and stuff. So and season one's been a belter, so we put out we give them the we give them the trust really to carry it through. This is the way. Hey, this before is- we wrap up on Mando, did you see the uh on the Star Wars Day stuff, did you see the uh, first episode of the documentary? Uh, no, I haven't watched any of those yet, mate. Uh, it's quite cool. I That's thought it was going to be a seasonal binge, but it was inevitably, it's one episode <laughs> and then one episode this week. And I was like, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's actually quite good, man. It's a round table with all the directors, um, mm. which is interesting. One thing that I will say is uh, Dave Filoni is a legend and Taika Waititi, I'm starting to think that that guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, clever guy. Yeah, no, it's on the He's list nuts. to watch at the weekend, dude. This weekend. Nice. Yeah, yep. Uh, so that's some Mando news done. Uh, moving on, we've got some Star Wars artwork, uh, which was put out for the complete saga, uh, representing the... So when the Rise of Skywalker landed over on Disney+, Plus, everybody started to go nuts because all nine films were, are now available to watch. They uh, they put out a new a new poster, which shows the, um, which shows the entire squad essentially in this big old uh, artwork uh, i think it was made for yeah it was made for for disney plus and uh, a lot of people have been raving about this poster because it's very very cool it's one of those uh it's one of those uh sort of hand pencil like hand drawn pencil style uh posters it looks like with a wee bit of uh, a wee bit of photoshop tweakage but uh, it looks very very cool dude it's got the resistance i think that's the resistance logo uh, and all the characters are uh, all littered around that. And then the focal point is Luke and Vader at the top, which is awesome. So in a way, this feels very, very OT to me. This feels like, because a lot of the artwork that they put out, even for the the whole saga up to now, has always been, they've tried to have a uh, potentially an equal split between focusing on the sequel characters and all the, the previous ones. But this one, it, it just feels very, because uh, Luke's at the top there with Vader, and then the characters, as you go down, you've got uh, old school Leia, Han and Chewie. Um, the poses they've they've taken them from are from those really old set photos, especially for Han and Chewie. Uh, and then the sequel characters are sort of uh, towards the bottom. So it feels like, in terms of, I don't, there's no sort, you know, there's no hierarchy as such, but it definitely feels like an OT vibe. This dude, and it might be a little bit of fan service, you know. I think the more I think about it. Because all of the artwork and stuff for the saga thus far has been very sequel-led. So this feels like a much nicer... And it's got the original Death Star up there as well and the old Star Destroyers and and all that jazz. But yeah, this is a, this is a good one, dude. I can I can see this up on the wall. Defo. Yeah, it's really, really nice, man. And it's... Um, you know, everything like like you addressed in the, in the uh, opening there, you know, everything is really solidly done. You can tell it's really nicely either painted or penciled or whatever i mean you can you can see the textures on vader's helmet it's brilliant um and there's some interesting choices with it which i think you can read into 
or completely just write off as placement. Like I saw a few things on Twitter about this. Like, wait a second, we've got like some some prominence for characters that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So Maul is very prominently featured, which I think is really badass. Um, and you've also got a really interesting kind of um, placement for Padme and Yoda. And there's a lot of people on Twitter saying, "Well, wait a sec. This is this. Why why are they placed right in the middle of the dark side and the light side? Is it because <laughs> they straddle the light and the dark?" And I, you know, it's blatantly just placement. Um, yeah. You know, just it's just as a designer, you'll just see that yourself. It's just purely placement. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's anything to read into on it. Otherwise, Lando would be on the middle, and you know, you'd, other people would be, and R two D two wouldn't be in the middle. Um, unless these are all characters that have interacted with Anakin, you know, there was so much you could go into on this one because, but then, you know, Obi-Wan's over on the left. So that it's just total typical Star Wars fans, which we love being and love doing, analyzing all this stuff. Uh, but I think you're absolutely right, dude. I think it's a real badass piece of artwork. I think it's a, a nice big wall covering. Um, and I, I, there's a few things on there that I really like seeing as well. So seeing Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan on there, I think is pretty sweet. Um, and just how they've balanced some of the um, some of the, the little kind of minor characters, like a surprise to see General Grievous on there. You know, it's yeah. there's a few little bits like that that are like, well, wait a sec, he was kind of more of a Clone Wars animated series character who didn't really do much in Revenge of the Sith. You sort of, you have a better story with Grievous if you watch the Clone Wars, you appreciate Revenge of the Sith a lot more. Um so just really interesting choices, man. But, you know, as a piece of artwork, it's outstanding. It really is fantastic. Um, and I love how they've sort of implied an explosion behind it. I know it's not. It's like maybe hyperspace or a bit of lens flare or an explosion behind the entire artwork, kind of bleeding out from behind the is it the Resistance or whatever logo, uh, Rebellion logo. But, yeah, it ju- sure. yeah, it's just yeah. it's just badass, man. looks real, really cool. I'd love to see it without uh, without the text on it. You know, get rid of the Star Wars, get rid of the Skywalker saga, get rid of the logos, and just have that as a piece of artwork. Yeah, yeah. If I can find that as a print anywhere, I'll um, I'll tweet it out and stuff. But yeah, it looks very cool. I don't know. That's not the Resistance logo. Thinking about it, I, I, I thought know. it was the Jedi one. Yeah, it could be. But it's not. Yeah, I feel like a fake fan now. <laughs> I'm just gonna quickly. I'm just gonna yeah. Google it because that's because we've got Google uh, yeah. Jedi. Logo. Yeah, while you're doing that, mate, um, the reason why I think this is a tad bit fan servicey is because the, the the other thing is they've used the old original hologram view of uh, the emperor in this. They've steered, they've you know they've they've steered clear of the Exegol cloned uh, Palpatine stuff, which a lot of people complained about. So they, I, I, there's definitely some some choices in here that I think have appeased fans who view the saga as uh, these important characters from the OT and stuff but uh, but most importantly they've in, they've included the most pivotal character in the entire saga so they had to include this character because without it the saga falls apart as does the poster which is Phasma so Phasma's in there so she's rocking and rolling next to Dooku so the, the saga they is complete. Dio in there yeah, Dio, <laughs> the Dio in the corner as well like yeah. Oh, let's just make this cute little droid that we can make toys out of. And just to say this thing about, you know, the Sith language. All right, dear, get out. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's a weird choice. But it, yeah. just to uh, clarify, it's actually um, it's actually the middle of the Jedi logo, which I thought was the case. But the reason I think we couldn't place it, dude, is because they've actually, I think for just design purposes, the edging is just a, a, a crescent um, yeah. as opposed to... Cause, the Rebellion logo, and actually some of the Jedi logo, is that Firebird from, um, what's her name, um, from Rebels, the yes. artist, Mandalorian yep. girl, forget her name. So t- um, uh, Sabine? Sabine, Sabine Ren, yeah. that's it, yeah. So Because that's the Firebird logo, it makes up the Rebellion logo, doesn't it? Which that's is it. interesting. Um, so the middle bit is the Jedi logo, and the out, outer bit is just more of a crescent that we're used to kind of seeing the shape of, but actually it's, you've normally got the wings that's right. um, yeah. in there. Yeah, because they changed the logo for the resistance, didn't they, from the rebellion? So I think mm-hmm. it looked like that to begin with. But yeah, yeah you're right. It's the the Jedi bit in the middle. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, if I find a print, because I'll definitely I'll definitely grab that for the wall. I'll let you guys know. Uh, so that's the the very cool saga uh, poster, which is very cool. I don't know the artist either. I'll track that down as well. But uh, moving on, we have uh, an editorial piece that was put out on the BBC Culture website uh, a few days ago, and. Um, this was by uh, 
uh, a writer called Nicholas Barber, who's essentially taken a bit of a, a slightly different view on why things haven't quite panned out the way that fans wanted to with the, especially the sequel stuff. And that's because he's blaming the Empire Strikes Back, of all things. So essentially the, the crux of the article is his favourite film is Star Wars and he makes a, a point to say it is Star Wars and not A New Hope. And um, uh, he's basically saying that the, the, the story and the script that George Lucas worked up for Star Wars was a, a thing of genius and all that stuff, which it certainly is. And then he's saying that when we get to The Empire Strikes Back, even though a lot of fans say that this is the best one in the saga, it's got the highest score on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff. He blames the the direction of the story for essentially just wiping out what came before. So his argument is that the yes, the Empire Strikes Back is meant to be the more uh, the the darker of the you know it moves in a darker direction and all that all that jazz that we already know about. Uh, but he's saying that key events that happened in Star Wars were essentially just repeated in Empire Strikes Back, but just put a slightly different spin on it. So things like um, uh, Luke uh, being knocked out by an alien, uh, Princess Leia being captured by Vader, um, uh, Luke learning from the Force, but instead of from Obi-Wan, it's now Yoda and stuff like that. And they've just re-spun it and just worked up these newer scenes um, uh, for empire and he's also saying that it's a bit of a bad example because we laid down all that great groundwork for the characters in star wars and then things another example he gives is um there was no reason why obi-wan couldn't come back as a force ghost and carry on training luke but for some reason we had to go with yoda and yoda takes over and all that stuff so he's basically saying that empire is a bit of a convoluted uh, rehash of star wars which um I do disagree with. I can see why he's trying to uh, uh, the the points that he's putting across. But yeah, I don't know if you've read this article, dude. But it it seems it just seems like a bit of a I can't ex- I I can't give a decent enough reason outside of what everyone else has already said about why the saga hasn't panned out. So I'm just going to go back and have a bit a uh, bit of a rant about Empire. But it's quite interesting, nonetheless. It's a good article. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely a viewpoint that is. Um, that's fascinating to see because you're right. It's sort of a, um, it doesn't have too much substance. And, and, but from a storytelling perspective, you know, if you are a traditional storyteller and, you know, someone that is used to maybe crafting, um, high concept stories in a very technically great way. Um, some of his points stand up, you know, the mentor is, um, revisited, um, and, and some of the stuff, you know, it was very clear, and it is very clear when you watch Star Wars back and then Empire. It's very clear that Lucas, despite all he says about it being mapped out, it's very clear that it wasn't. Um, you know, very, very clear. In everything from Obi-Wan calling um, Vader Darth, as if it's a name, not a title, like that you would call him Vader, or if you're Obi-Wan and you got that, you know, as we know Obi-Wan now, you just, you would throw him off guard by calling him Anakin. And... <laughs> You know, because that's what Obi Wan would do. Oh, Anakin, how you fought? You know that that would be his <laughs> his level of bants. You know what I mean? And he would do that Bunch. to throw him off. A uh, bit of bit of bant there. It's been a while. Tatooine's very dry. Um, he would <laughs> he would certainly the Obi Wan that we know as a character would do that sort of thing. So the reason I make that point is not to say that Lucas necessarily got it wrong, but just to make it, um, I guess, just to bring it up that it is clear when you look at the two movies that Star Wars wasn't intended to go the way it went. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. You can just, you know, there's so much of that in pop culture we can just write off to, well, that's, you know, here's an in-canon reason. And, you know, we've just, because this, this is what we do, we're fans. Um, so from a technical perspective, storytelling, I kind of see his point, but it's like you said, it's almost, a, well, it's Star Wars week. I think we're just trying to generate a little bit of traffic. So let's put an article out that, pick the thing that people revere the most out of Star Wars and throw a bit of shade on it. Um, inevitably, you can find pros and cons with everything. You know, it's it, you can find rights, wrongs, ups, downs with with every movie, every franchise. Even The Godfather 2 is not a perfect movie, I'm sure. Um, but it's, yeah, it's sort of a what's the point article. It's sort of a what's the point. And you could... Yeah. From a storytelling perspective, like I said, you know, you could argue that, well, the rest of the writers around it, all the prequel trilogies, all the sequel trilogies, 
they should have used those story beats and built on them. So it's kind of a, it's one of those where you just can't, like, it is a what's the point, because Lucas is the, the writer, like, he's the guy that invented this thing. Like, it, it, it just is what it is, you know, just like The Rise of Skywalker, it is what it is. Um, so yeah, interesting article, but like you said, it's sort of a, well, I think I'll just throw a bit of shade because it's Star Wars week, it'll grab a bit of traffic. Yeah, of course. I think that's one of the advantages of of us working in marketing for many years. You can you can see those um you can see it from a mile off, you know, the reasons behind certain articles and stuff and uh, just one last thing I wanted to pick up on his uh he uses a couple of examples I've given a few already, but one of them is that the um the conversation between um Tarkin and Vader is a is a key one, I think, because Lots of people have always said for many years that in Star Wars, and you hope, everybody questioned whether Vader was the boss or whether Tarkin was the boss, because it always came across as Tarkin was the Emperor's sort of right-hand man in that story. And Vader was, you know, you, you thought, where does Vader fit into this then? And it wasn't until we we saw, the, you know, the, the wider saga that we realised what the situation was. But... um, there's a there's a, a scene where Tarkin says to Vader... Um, your sad devotion to that ancient religion um, uh, is a, a bit of a. He, he definitely sort of cuts him down a little bit there because Vader's meant to be the all not all powerful, but you know, he's big powerful uh, Sith Lord, and uh, and uh, so Tarkin throws that that throws in, and then basically we find out later that this ancient religion that Tarkin was you know throwing shade about was actually his boss's main thing. So obviously the Emperor being like the 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 Sith master and all that stuff why did tarkin you know you know throw a bit of shade towards vader about that using the force when essentially the emperor his boss he's the guy that you know is is the main dude for all that stuff so that that's quite an interesting thing because that's still that's still something that crops up a lot you know whenever i happen to speak to somebody about those scenes in in Star Wars is like what's Tarkin's deal is 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 he like the dude in charge and stuff and we found we find out later that he's not the he's not in charge of the empire above Vader he's just been in he's he was put in charge of the death star just getting that up and running all that jazz so yeah he makes a good point with that bit but the rest of the article I can't really see too much uh, this doesn't hold too much water for me because you know, the story beats and the progression of those characters in Empire is absolutely, you know, pretty much spot on, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree, dude. And you make a great point with, with Tarkin as well in that, you know, it's, they flesh that out much, much more. Like, there's a few more things with that. It's that ancient religion. Like, wait a second, Tarkin. Like, you were having adventures with Anakin Skywalker not 20 years ago, my young squire. And it's like all those little things that just make it really clear, like I said, that Lucas didn't really know what was going to happen. Um, and it's, it's, it is fascinating when you read some of the books as well, because there is that power struggle. There is that with Tarkin, it's this whole, like he's one of the few people, including Thrawn, that kind of guessed that Vader was Anakin. Um, and you can trace that back to the, the Clone Wars episodes, um, where they work together and Tarkin is doing his thing and, you know, Anakin, I think they get stuck underground together. Um, so like that whole retconning of this it's like star wars is aware of this so they're thinking right okay let's do a clone wars episode where it's clear and then let's write a book that and james lucino wrote it like one of the briefs is you've got to make it really ambiguous that t even tarkin is like he doesn't even he doesn't know who's who's in charge like can i tell this guy off or can i not tell him off like is he going to choke me out is he got the authority to do that and what's interesting the final point on that is that you're totally right about the emperor um and I think some of the the really interesting stuff that could be explored or, you know, maybe implied in, in, in even something like Mando is the people that knew he was a Sith Lord were very, very few. And Tarkin and even Thrawn may not have known that was the case. And I can't remember in the books whether or not they do know that the Emperor is. I'm sure I've seen that in the books somewhere. But it's sort of a, right, they've guessed that this is Anakin Skywalker, Thrawn and Tarkin. Like, do they just think that the Emperor's thought, I need to get a badass on board because I'm an old guy and I'll get my ass kicked if I ever come up against someone, but this guy can save me. This guy can stop anyone kicking my ass. Or do they know, actually, he's the main badass? So there's a lot of ambiguity with that one, which was 
purely retconned in. Purely retconned in. And it does, you know, right back to the point, it does when you watch Star Wars through the lens of everything else, you do start to spot these things. Um, and I think the debate will rage on forever with this sort of thing, dude. I think it's part of the, the, the fascination of Star Wars, isn't it? It is, man. Yes. And we will. We will talk about this stuff forever. Uh, moving on, we have some news from uh, the guys over at um, uh, Games Radar who have reported on the upcoming uh, Rise of Skywalker novel, which is, uh, is this a young adult job or is this just a general thing? I can't remember. But uh, uh, yeah, so these guys have done a bit of a decent job in trying to iron out some of the wrinkles that the uh, Rise of Skywalker film threw upon us, uh, which one of them was the complete undoing of the rule of two. So back in uh, the Phantom Menace, when Yoda uh, says uh, that there are always two, there are no more, no less a master and apprentice. That's, that's been carried through religiously through all the Star Wars films and so on. Uh, and then when we got to Rise of Skywalker, we get to Exegol and we find out that uh, there's a whole planet of Sith so the rule of two is um, was obliterated in that that very moment when we didn't realise that they were Sith on the planet. We had to go and read a book or read the Twitter account to find that out, and uh, and that was the the deal there. But uh, the the novelisation that's coming or has just been released uh, basically says um, that uh, one of the uh, Ray discovers some ancient texts. And when she reads it, they explicitly state in the book that the Prime is one, but the Jedi are many. Uh, the Sith were many, but emerged ruled by two. So basically what they're saying is, in order to kind of iron this out and say, look, look, we get it, we know the rule of two is there, we we, we uphold that. But the reason why there are so many Sith um, appreciators, whatever they're called on Exegol and all that stuff, is because yet yeah, we understand there's lots of Jedi knocking around, there's lots of Sith knocking around, knocking around, but there's a prime, there's a there's a prime Sith, and he's like the ruler and stuff, and he always has an apprentice, so that's a rule of two. So all cleaned up, dude, all tied up in a nice little bow. The Exegol Sith people, yeah. I kind of liked the other version, which was um, the whole Darth Bane thing. You know, got his ass kicked, so he made sure there were only two actual Sith. And I quite liked the explanations that we had prior to Rise of Skywalker, which was, look, to be a Sith, actually, you do have to be pretty freaking badass. It's like Black Belt Dan 12, you know? <laughs> like, this is top-tier quality stuff. <laughs> but then you're always going to get Force users who are people that are Force-sensitive, but that are just like assholes. So they're... <laughs> Like, they're, they're not light side users, they're never going to be a Jedi, but they're not powerful enough or they're not trained enough to become a Sith. And I always liked that idea of, look, Ventress exists and she's an assassin, but she's not quite as good as Dooku and she's not really his apprentice. It's just that Sith crave power and one of the things that power brings is you want an apprentice to prove that you have the power to have an apprentice. So it's kind of like they always had them in secret, mm -hmm. you know, Starkiller... Uh, Galen Marrick, whatever his name was, you know, in, in the old EU, Vader's apprentice. You know, you had um, Ventress. And then you had all the Inquisitors that were dark side force users, but they, weren't, they were never Sith. They were just badass martial artists that could do some force stuff to kill guys like you and me who weren't very good. But when they really came up against a Jedi, they didn't usually fare so well. Mm -hmm. You know, if they came up against a proper, like, Kane and Jarrus Jedi in Rebels, the Inquisitor is usually a little bit like, oh, crap. So it's, I, I kind of preferred that one and just that whole implication that the Acolytes on Exegol were just that. They were Acolytes, like they weren't Sith. They were just people who were kind of part of this cult of Sith. And they weren't even trying to be Sith. They were just like, do you know what? This guy's the king dog. Let's bring him back because we're acolytes, and this is that's what acolytes do. So I kind of it's almost it's almost like they're just undoing a lot again a lot of the stuff just by quickly trying to fit in an explanation mm -hmm. rather than just saying these were worshippers. That's it. And that's easy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is they're just painting over the cracks. Essentially, it's um, 
Yeah, because they did say that, didn't they? After after the film was released, a couple of months afterwards, on their I think it was a Twitter account, they did say that all of the all of the peeps on Exegol were Sith. They were Sith, uh, like you said, acolytes and stuff. So everybody was jumped on that immediately. So I think this is just a quick paint over to say, yeah, yeah, they are Sith to a degree, but don't worry, they're not all like Sith lords or anything. They're not all mm. like badass warriors. But I really like the old um, the old Darth Bane rule of two stuff. And more so that they alluded to in things like um, the Plagueis book and that sort of thing where they explain a little bit around why that rule came into place, essentially because of hundreds of years of wars with the Jedi. They were just continuously getting their ass kicked. So they had to take a different approach. And Darth Bane was like, look, we're going to go sort of incognito mode from here on in. You know, have two of us. We can sort of manipulate from the inside out and we have more of a grand plan to to take the Jedi out and stuff. So that seems... that that whole thing just seems completely badass and better to me as a story rather than just, yeah, there's hundreds of Sith around, but only two of them are really the top, the top dudes. But It is such a better story, isn't it? When you look at then how Palps got into power and even when you read the Plagueis book, which is all bar canon, you know, it was fascinating to see that he took such a long time to strategize and to chess piece everything into place like these guys are strategic grandmasters and that's why i think for me that's why the payoff for the sith in revenge of the sith when palpatine finally just wraps the bow around everything and pulls everything tight and it all goes tits up for the jedi you know that that's the genius of the character and i think that's why you know number one this painting over the cracks is kind of a sort of a shame and then it's, it's also the biggest reason for me why The Rise of Skywalker failed in uh, as a Star Wars movie. Um, you know, because as a Star Wars movie, swashbuckling space western, it does its job. There are fights, there are scenes where spacecraft fight and fly around. But that main character was just reduced to Hammer. It was just a Hammer House villain. All oh, right, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't all that strategy... All of that, even just that bit at the end where he's like, wait a sec, these guys were forced dyad so I could actually get my body back. Even that was only implied, not a, I'm the Grandmaster of the Force, I know everything about the Force, I didn't know this about you two, but now I've seen it, I recognise it, and I know how to handle it, so now, here's what I'm going to do. Like, it was just implied, no one understood what was going on. And so they just reduced this character, and then doing this again, it's very reductive of everything that's gone before it, because... Suddenly, it's like, well, wait a sec. They were just, they were just like the Jedi. This is, oh man, this is boring. So I don't know. It's a weird thing to do. It's like they're just clamoring to fix, you know? Yeah. I read you, dude. Yep. So there we go. So I might read the novelization at some point. It's not going to be high up on the list, but uh, I might check that out. Uh, moving on, one of the cool announcements we had on Star Wars Day, and you mentioned this guy earlier. He was on the round table for the Mandalorian. Was um, uh, Taika Waititi has now been officially announced as he is going to direct, um, quote unquote, a proper Star Wars film. And he's going to co-write it as well. So he's going to write this with um, Christy wilson Cairns, who she wrote the, um, uh, she's going to do that. She wrote the script for 1917, which is a very, very cool, very well made um, uh, war movie. And uh, she's going to co-write that with... Um, uh, with Taker and he's going to direct it. So this was knocking around. We covered this, I think, a few months back that there was a rumbling that he was going to be involved in some kind of of movie, whether it's going to be a trilogy or something. Uh, but now the only thing we do know about the film itself is going to be a a, a standalone film. Now whether that's going to when when they say standalone, as in this is going to be one isolated Star Wars film, it's not going to be part of a trilogy, or it might be this this might be Ryan Johnson as hired him via Disney to direct one of his trilogy of Star Wars films. We have no idea, but he is definitely doing something. So uh, you reckon this guy's a bit of a genius, dude? So is this good news? It's just the more I see of him, that just I appreciate how smart he is in his vision and how much he seems to have just worked to come up in the industry. Um, so yeah, I think he's really, really interesting. He obviously directed the finale of The Mandalorian as well, and that's... For me, that feels like it was a bit of a testing ground for him. Um, fascinating that it's another Marvel person. You know, Favreau's involved. Uh, you know, Taika Waititi's involved. It's, 
you know, they're definitely pulling in some Marvel talent from this one. And he obviously did Jojo Rabbit as well, which is, you know, a great movie. So great, great pedigree in my, in my view and, and someone that can handle big budget. You know, they were all saying on the, in fact, in that documentary that I mentioned earlier, if you go and watch that Mando documentary, they were all saying that, you know, when Watiti came onto the set and to, 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 to um, direct this finale of The Mandalorian, they were all a little bit kind of in awe of him because even though he'd not done a pile of stuff before, what he had done was a huge, massive, massive tentpole VFX-led Marvel Universe movie in Thor Ragnarok that really broke the mould and really succeeded um, and had a real feel to it. So I think this is quite curious. I think it's a real interesting thing. Um, there were a couple of inter- interesting ways that this was reported as well. And I don't know. I th- My gut tells me it was a mistake, but if you really wanted to read into it, you could. And the mistake or potential tease was that in some places it was reported like this. They'd put the headline, Taika Waititi, to direct a 10th Star Wars movie. That's how they've reported it. Mm. Now, my gut tells me it's a mistake because there are only nine saga movies, but then there's Rogue One, there's Solo, and it kind of makes you think, all right, is that a mistake or are they trying to tell us something? My gut tells me it's a mistake from a reporter that's just not really a Star Wars fan, but then this is a Star Wars podcast, so we may as well debate it. Um, <laughs> you know, What do you think? Is that a mistake? I think so. Yeah, Got to be on it. Yeah, I think there's too much going on to to commit to a to this being the 10th the 10th film that's what it feels like there's so much going on because we have uh alongside the announcements that are going on for disney plus and all the stuff that's coming for that starting mostly next year all of the news around the films and continuing the the proper although it's not the skywalker story it's still a continuation it's still a canon you know thing because uh, we still don't know what's going to happen with the High Republic. Is that going to do well with the with the books and comics? Are they going to think, well, people love this. This is this is now a new trilogy of films and stuff. The Ryan Johnson stuff. I, I think it's a mistake, dude. Because there's too much there's too much going on to commit. And more importantly, there's too much going on that's kind of been announced, but not fully announced officially yet. So yeah, I don't think it'll fit in. It it, it feels too neat just to say, oh yeah, this is going to be the tenth film too much going on but uh but certainly he's a very talented guy man i didn't know that he won an oscar as well so for jojo rabbit mm-hmm. he won an oscar for for screenwriting that and like you said ragnarok is such a very it, it was a really cool film in that i'm so glad that they moved the thor film in a completely different direction because they could have just you know thor's thor one and two was they were very very similar in their look and feel and the direction and everything so for him to jump on board he kind of did a bit of a ryan johnson to a degree kind of said in in collaboration with Feige and all those people, they basically said, look, we can't do a rinse and repeat for, for Thor three. We're going to have to move it in a different direction because it also has to li- line up with the other MCU stuff. And he was like, yeah, man, cool. I'm up for this. Let's do it. So, uh, and also he's working on Thor four, Thor, Thor, <laughs> Lo- love and thunder, which is out there uh, in a couple of years. So a very talented guy, man. And he's uh, it's great that Disney have kind of locked him in to a degree to work on all this cool stuff because along with the Marvel stuff he's working on, I imagine he's going to do a lot more work on the Mando seasons two and three. You would hope so. Uh, And then we've got this official star Wars film coming up. So it's great that they've sort of got the contract signed and sealed because he's very talented. So yeah, we'll keep you guys updated on what happens with that. But so far he's definitely up for and doing a star Wars film. Uh, Let's move on to some gaming news. We had some updates drop very unexpectedly on May the 4th for Jedi Fallen Order, which is cool. So we all thought that this was a done deal, that everything that you've played through thus far was it. They already said that they weren't going to do any DLC for the game. It was an isolated video game story. Once you've played it, that's it. Uh, And they also said categorically, I remember this uh, a month or two after release, everyone said, when are we going to get game plus mode and all that stuff? And they said, nope, that's not going to be a thing and the reason they said it wouldn't be a thing is because as you go the level design for the for all of the areas around the game it relies on you building up your force powers in order to 
get through the game and unlock different areas and progress through the game. The sort of the level design runs parallel with your force progression powers and all that stuff. So they said it, it wouldn't be possible because, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, uh, May the 4th came around. They dropped a massive update along with a couple of extra game modes. But then they said, actually, yeah, we'll give you uh, game plus mode. They're calling it um, journey plus mode uh, for the game. So that way, all the force powers that you've accumulated, if you've maxed out your force tree and all that stuff, it allows you to play the game um, over, essentially, from the beginning. Um, but you've got all of your force powers that you've already unlocked, which is really cool. Um, uh, plus, you'll be carrying over all of your cosmetic unlocks. So basically, everything you unlocked it will be there, which is cool. Uh, but the two cool things that people quite like at the moment, I've only dabbled a little bit with one of them, is two new game modes. So uh, one of them is called Meditation Training, which is a bit like um, uh, anyone that's played things like Horde Mode in Gears of War or Firefight in Halo. It's essentially you're just battling wave after wave of enemies that get more difficult and stuff. Uh, so that's really that's really quite fun. That's very cool. Uh, I've played a couple of rounds of that, which is cool. And then the other thing is called um, something called something called another game mode, um, which allows you to set up your um, uh, battle grid. It's called sorry. Um, enables you to set up a bit of a sandbox, really, where you've got like your literally a grid laid out. And then you pick the location of all the different characters that you want to face off against. You set their difficulty options, and then Bosch, you create you've created your like your own personal arena battle essentially. So you can drop different characters in. You can face off against yourself. You can drop Cal in there if you want to, and then you can drop yeah all of the characters that you've unlocked in the game, and then you can have one badass arena battle. So this was really unexpected, dude. They this wasn't leaked. Nobody knew this was coming. Everybody thought that Fallen Order was just done dead in the water not dead yet but you know done as in content and then they just drop this out of nowhere so this is a great little surprise dude yeah i like this man i think um we talked about it last week you know the the, the way of gaming when we talked about battlefront 2 being finally upgraded to its final state and i, I think stuff like this is really really good dude i think that you know giving you replay value where you wouldn't ordinarily have it is fantastic and i i, I I think it speaks to the times that we live in where people are very much, okay, I want as much as possible out of this 50 quid that I've spent. Because, you know, it's an, they're expensive games these days. Um, very, very expensive. And you pick your fights a little bit more when it comes to what you buy. So, yeah, I like that. And I, 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 I'm, I'm always curious, like, the, the business side of that as well. You know, they want you to play their games for longer versus buying other games. Like, they want you in their ecosystem. It's a little bit like Facebook's time on science, Spotify's timing app. Um so yeah, man, I think it's cool. I think it's real badass. I, I love, obviously, the more Star Wars content, the better. And if it's free and included, all well and good. Um, and it looks like Jedi Fallen Order 2 is probably on its way as well. So it's kind of a, you know, if they can keep you playing this for another couple of years. Why would they not? It's a no-brainer. So yeah, real cool little surprise, man. Yeah, it's very cool. And just lastly on this, a couple of really cool little things that they dropped was um, you can play as you, in one of your flashback or force visions in the game, you you see yourself as a dark side inquisitor in the game. And a lot of people really wanted that outfit to, as a playable skin. Uh, so they've they've unlocked that now. You can play as Inquisitor Cow and you get your red Kyber crystal and all that stuff. So it's very uh, dark sidey, which is cool. And also they've they threw a couple of little details in the UI as well. So you can adjust all the text scaling now for accessibility. And you can also um you can also change how you respond to quick time events in the games instead of just mashing buttons. They've changed that as well. So it's a really cool little update. And um, the other bit of Jedi Fallen Order news, which you just alluded to about Fallen Order 2, is that the um, the CEO of EA, Andrew Wilson, uh, has said that Jedi Fallen Order is actually the part one in a trilogy of Fallen Order games. So it's going to be its own uh, its own franchise, essentially, running alongside uh, all the Star Wars stuff on Disney Plus and the films and stuff. So uh, that was a massive question that people were were asking because uh, a couple of months after Fallen Order landed, Respawn Entertainment started to hire a load of people to work on a Star Wars project, but we didn't know if it was going to be a continuation or a brand new Star Wars game that they'd been licensed to make. So this is great news. So Cal's going to be around for a while and uh, he's going to be part of a cool, uh, a trilogy, which is cool. Yeah. EA Sports. It's in the game. It is in the game. You are correct. You know what as well? 
making a new golf game. Tiger Woods on EA Sports was one of my favourite games. I was like the boss at it. Uh, then obviously did his thing, <laughs> got binned. Rory <laughs> McIlroy was not as good. It wasn't. They're bringing no. it back. They are bringing it back. Oh, is Tiger back as the... Well, I think it'll just be a PGA game with Tiger as a player, but I don't know who will be the face of it. I think it'll be more okay. of an um, ensemble cast. But uh, as long as I can pull it, just plug it in, stick it on my Xbox, probably on next gen or PS5, whichever I get, you know, we'll talk about that later. If I can turn it on and it just goes E, E, sports, it's in the game. I'll just turn it back off. That'll be it. That's all I want from it. I'll pay 60 quid for that all day long. Well, yeah, that is a lovely bit of nostalgia. It's a bit like um, the old Sega, Sega in check. <laughs> Sonic. Back in the day, dude, Sonic Master System 2. Come on. Oh, Master System 2 version. Now we're getting to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. damn, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there are nice. some little jingles, like the original PlayStation jingle as well. That really yes. cool, like, yeah. Oh, that's childhood right there. It really is, dude. Yeah. It really is. Hey, yeah. I'll tell you what I did. On, on that note, we'll not spend any time on it, but I'll throw it in. Streets of Rage 4 came out, didn't it, this week? Oh, I so, saw your Insta on that. Yeah, you're loving it, eh? Dude, badass. I got, because <laughs> I've been on Game Pass since, since we've been locked down, so I've just been, like, hawking games and, and just... um. I've been getting off CD keys like three months of Xbox Game Pass for like 17 quid. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I get that every three months because it's far cheaper. And what a bargain. So this Streets of Rage, <laughs> they've started releasing games, as you know, just brand new on there. Uh, Gears 5 is on there, which I'm annoyed about because I bought it. Um, but then Streets of Rage 4, I just turned it on. I was like, wait a sec, this is free with Game Pass. Of course I'm going to get this. Dude, it's so good. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, man, I'll have to check that out. Uh, also, if you want to... Uh to, to dive into some no life action red dead redemption 2 landed yesterday on game pass for free oh baby i'm, I'm trying to up i'm trying to up my rank in modern warfare but I, I need to get a couple more things i keep thinking about whether to buy a uh, hard drive for it there's like a one terabyte jedi hard drive which is really cheap for like 60 quid to extend the old xbox i don't know whether to do it or not because i'm thinking then well it's going to be new xbox or ps5 time this year sometime so I don't know what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. No region. Um, we're going to finish up on some gaming news. We've got a couple of bits left over, but we'll carry that over to next week because um, they're just more sort of like uh, a couple of people waxing uh, stuff. But we're going to finish up with uh, the Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga news that landed also uh, on May was it May 4th? Yeah, and then a couple of days later, we got some details about it. So on May the 4th, the guys over at Telltale Games dropped the key art and the cover art that's going to be um on the on the cases and the on the digital store and stuff and that looks really badass the uh the key art for that it's um again they've taken their cues from they must have taken their cues from lucasfilm on this because very much like the poster we spoke about earlier we have got vader and luke front and center they're like the main characters of the poster and then underneath that you have the supporting characters um from the uh from the sequel uh, trilogy after that. And in the background, you've got some prequel characters and then you've got some scenes that you're going to be able to play through in the games. You've got the battle of Hoth, you've got the battle of Geonosis and the the death star trench run. It looks like, and all that stuff. So it's a really cool poster actually for a Lego game. It's, it's, it's badass. And then when they released the artwork, everybody said, yeah, this is great. It looks lovely. But what about the release date? You've said 2020, but when's it going to come? Uh, and then there was a, uh, and then there was a rumor flying around and some people said it was official. Some people not. I don't know where they got the source from, but uh, apparently this is going to land on October the 20th. So we've got a little bit more to wait for that one. I've uh, got four or five months uh, to wait for that. But if it's going to be a badass game, then I don't mind waiting for it. If it's going to be a, a really cool Lego game, because I loved playing through those older ones, those first uh, Lego Star Wars and then the entire saga and then three, which is the Clone Wars stuff. And uh, uh, it was just really cool. So apparently this game is massive, like 500 playable characters, huge um, environments to play through, top-notch. They've rebuilt the graphics engine from the ground up. Apparently it's going to be a, a belter of a game. So this is pre-order for me for sure, dude. What about you? Nice, man. Yeah, it looks real cool. When I saw that there were 500-plus players and uh, characters, I was like how <laughs> where have they come from um you're gonna you know get to play as bail organa brilliant <laughs> so that'll be fun um 
But no, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, Lego stuff, you know, the way they, they work with the licenses and the franchises they work with, they get so much out of them and they, they add so much. So yeah, I, I think this is going to be fantastic. I'll probably not personally pre-order it because I'm a sucker for, like I'll order a game and then never touch it. Like I'm that guy, I'll, I'll order it and play it in two years, which I'm, I'll tell you a story about that in a sec. So I will probably get this like when it's on a walk past, you know, CEX and it's on for 20 quid in a year's time. Or get it if it comes out on Game Pass. But I will absolutely be getting it and play through it. Probably just not as quickly as you will. Um, I'll tell you a story about gaming. So, I've always been a Resident Evil fan, dude. Like, love Resident Evil. So, they released all these new remasters. Resi 1, 2, now Nemesis on the uh, the current gen consoles. I'm like, this is badass. But, I've already got a Resident Evil game. Biohazard. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely standalone story. It doesn't It's not... A, it's not tied in with the main franchise, right? So, last Sunday, Sam and I finished watching Empire Strikes Back, had a bit of a Sunday dinner, watched Empire. She said, said, what should we do? I said, well, actually, I've got this game that I really want to play. I think it'd be cool to play it together because we can just go through it. And uh, it's quite a story mode. It's quite puzzly. So we've cracked Resident Evil up. The reason I didn't want to play it was because it's scary as hell, right? (laughs) So I couldn't play it on my own. This is no lie. So anyway... We went away a few months ago, as you know. We were away for a couple of months. So one of the things that I did was got a ring camera, stuck it up in my living room in case anyone broke in. It would trigger the alarm and off it goes. Right. Those two things together, right? I've now got a video of me on my sofa having just killed the main chainsaw girl from Resident Evil Biohazard, at which point someone else grabs you out of the dark scares the crap out of you, and my camera caught me jumping up, screaming, and running out of the room. <laughs> you joking? I am not joking. <laughs> Bloody hell, dude. I have to be fair, though, to you. The Resident Evil games are are badass, for sure. Although, it was awful. although the game design in the first or the second one drove me insane. So every yeah. time you walked up to a door, you had like a little 10-second video file of like the door creaking open and stuff, and then you're in the next lobby, but... Oh, dude, you've got to put that on Insta of you jumping out of the... Come on, dude. I need to. I'll do that. I will do that. The, dude, the new Res is apparently amazing. The new remasters. Mm. Like, Resi 2 is, like, one of the best games ever made already. So I'm going to... This is why I can't get the Lego Star Wars, because I'm like, wait a sec. I've got, I, I used to take time off work to finish Resi. Um, <laughs> I used to phone in sick when I used to work down in uh, Crawley. Um, they can't do anything to me now. So I used to phone in <laughs> sick. I remember phoning in sick for a week to finish uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica. I kid you not. Bloody hell. <laughs> well, there are worse games that you could be uh, phoning in sick for, I suppose. I know. That's why they let me go. They didn't let me go. I left. But I think I was like 20 minutes. I left 20 minutes prior to them sacking me. <laughs> so yeah, officially you left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the regime don't like it. Because the regime don't like it, man. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll stick a... Remember to follow us on Insta, by the way, and we will cross-post Mark's video of him leaping out of the chair for sure. But, yeah. Uh, the Skywalker Saga from Lego Star Wars will be out later in the year, October 20th. So, well, um, yeah. By that time, uh, we should be into some streaming stuff. So one of us probably be me by the sound of it uh, we'll do some gameplay uh, streamage and we'll do a bit of a a bit of a chat and discussion as we're playing through that so that might be cool oh uh, you're on the twitch are you a twitcher uh, i've got a, a twitch account but i've not streamed anything yet so this might be a good excuse to start that up yeah yeah i've done that i've got a twitch account but never never done it we should do like a spark rebellion account set one up like just a spark one that'd be quite cool wouldn't it that'd be cool I guess. I tell you, he's on there, isn't he? Sam Whitworth all the time giving Star Wars details away on the Twitch. Yeah, he's got a cool Twitch account, actually. Yeah, we, uh, little tiny nuggets of, of, of info that he drops on there. You wouldn't you wouldn't notice until you, unless you were paying attention to his stream. But yeah, it's a cool guy. Yes, and I think we're going to wrap there, dude, for Ep 55. It's been wonderful having everybody back uh, for another week. Thank you so much for for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. There are links there to go off to all of the podcast apps and networks. We'd love to have you as a sub. So that way you don't miss a show when it lands uh, in your apps every, every weekend, every Saturday. 
We're on the socials as well, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a like and a follow there. There are links in the show notes. Uh, and also on the website, you can go and uh, uh, check those out. Uh, we, we post little Star Wars tidbits throughout the week. Uh, and we've got a cool little community building around uh, the socials. So come join in over there. And if you want to support the show, if you like what we do here at Spark of Rebellion, you can do that over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. You can jump on on various tiers, get yourself some swag and join our other patrons. So thank you for your continued support, guys. Uh, love having you as supporters. And we've got some plans for, for you guys uh, this year. So stay tuned for that. Until next week, dude, for episode 56. It's been lovely chatting the wars, as always. It's a wrap, my man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, good show, that. There's so much news all the time, isn't there? You think it slows down. We say it every week, so... Yeah, thank you to you, the listener. It's always great to be able to chat Star Wars, and, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's always amazed me we can actually do this. Like, we've got all the gear for podcasting because we do this in other parts of our life. So just the ability to be able to do this so easily, we're very fortunate to be able to do it. So it's always cool, dude. Thanks for having me, as ever. No worries, buddy. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Stay healthy, stay safe, and may the force be with you always.